Well, good morning and welcome to our Romans Bible study here on a beautiful Monday morning in my office behind Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and I'm just excited to be here before God's Word with you and I just pray that you would get your Bibles and follow along with us as well so that you could actually see uh, what's being taught here, not just hear things and agree or disagree, but that you could see it with your own eyes, God's Word, when we believe in the proper context, faith will come and the Bible tells us that when faith comes, faith overcomes, praise God. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, we just had, I did, a great time in Wichita Falls at our other Crossway Church there. And uh, I go the second weekend almost every month. And Pastor Tommy Wiedelman and his wife Susie come a couple of hours away from Tuttle, Oklahoma, their church, the first Sunday every morning to help out with our church plant there until Pastors Colton and Casey Hill uh, can get there. They're looking at the 1st of November, he's telling me, so pray for them. Uh, to get there quickly, to find a home, and to get organized, and so God can start pouring out on that region uh, through that gift, through this message of the cross, and we're just praising God for what He's doing there in Wichita Falls, Texas. We've got camp meeting coming up. Today is the 14th. We're talking about 10 days from right now on a Thursday night. Uh, we'll begin, and then we'll end Sunday morning. There are 13 ministers who will be here preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that Thursday night through Sunday morning, coming from all over. So I just encourage you to come, be a part of that. Friday and Saturday, lunch will be served to all who are here for the meetings, and uh, we're just excited about that. Everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. There you can find everything we do and uh, I, all my teachings. And also there's an app on your smartphone or your iPad or Android or whatever. It's called Spreaker, not Speaker, but Spreaker with an R in there. And my channel is for those who have ears to hear. Or you can type in my name, Curtis Hutchinson, and I record everything I do and it uploads there on audio and you can avail yourself to that. It's very easy, just the Spreaker app, put it, get the app on your phone, and then find my channel and like it or subscribe to it, and every time something uploads there, you'll get a ding. And so also our website is thecrosswaychurch.com. You can sow into the ministry financially through uh, that website and watch uh, a year's worth we keep uh, uploaded of messages on there and all the teachings that I do, Ephesians, Galatians, Jude, which is presently ongoing every Friday morning in the studio next door for whoever wants to come at 9 a.m. Central Time. It's also live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And uh, uh, we're just excited about being a part of the move of God in these last days. Uh, let me say it again. The move of God is God pouring out His Spirit and uh, the evidence is that your sons and your daughters will prophesy. There will be dreams and visions. And those things take place at the preaching of the cross because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Praise God. So we're excited about uh, everything God's doing here. And uh, we're just so blessed. You can also donate to this ministry to help us get uh, six expositor study Bibles a week 
into the hands of inmates who request these Bibles. Specifically, they request these Bibles. This is how far behind we are right now. This many letters that they request the Expositor's Study Bible, Old and New Testament, and we actually mail six a week. Six. That's $37 per Bible. It costs us to be able to put one of these Bibles in the hands of the inmates. So I encourage you to pray about it, and I know God's going to stir your heart to help us get the Bibles into the hands of these inmates who are asking for these specific Bibles. You can donate by simply going to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com and donating and telling us what it's for. And also, you can donate by texting on your smartphone to 903-231-5950. And help us do that. God will bless you for helping us get His Word into the hands of these inmates. It's not just sending Bibles to folks at random. These men and women are asking for this Bible. They're locked up. And they've been there, they're going to be there, and they've seen their buddy's Bible, and they're asking for it. So pray about it. I know God will stir your heart to help us do that. Let's dig into the Word this morning in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It ought to put a smile on your face when you have the Word of God and you know how important it is and you know that if you'll understand it, study it, and, and just believe it, uh, the Spirit of God will work in your heart. Faith will come. And again, when faith comes, faith overcomes. And we begin to serve God, live for God, please God, and find the avenue through which God is leading us. That's It's not just going to church, my friend, and sitting there twice a week with your Bible or singing a few songs. Praise God for that. But it's also about finding uh, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to live a life where sin's not dominating you. Your marriage can become what it should be in the eyes of God. And you don't just have to try to be like other people. You can live a life pleasing to God. You can live a victorious Christian life if you will sit under somebody who's teaching the Word of God in the context of the knowledge of the triumph of Jesus Christ in what he did at Calvary. I'm telling you, your life can be changed. Your marriage can be changed. Everything about you, the Holy Spirit can change. But you ha he doesn't just do it mystical and magical. You have to allow him to lead you, to teach you. And you have to allow him to change you. And first of all, you have to know how that process works. Because it is not just mystical and magical. And God just does what he wants to without us. No, he doesn't. It takes faith. Because everything in our lives that God's a part of is by grace. That means him doing it. Through faith, that's our part, to believe Him in the proper context, which is to never move our faith from the sacrifice of Christ. Praise be to God. So this morning we're in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, and the Bible says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or bring to life your mortal bodies by His Spirit, that dwells in you. 
And it's okay to read that and to think of a future resurrection, but that's really not the context this is written in. This is written in Romans chapter 8, of course, that's where we are, but it's written in the process, in the context of teaching us, trying to show us the difference between in the Spirit, after the Spirit, through the Spirit, for living right now. And this chapter 8 of Romans teaches the difference between being in the Spirit to walking after the Spirit and trusting God through the Spirit. Those three things are listed in this one chapter. If you've missed any of the teachings in Romans, uh, I encourage you to go back on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Uh, click on the playlist, Romans teaching, and and avail yourself verse by verse with your Bible listening to this and, and, and just learning God's word as it is truth in its righteous context will change everything about you because the Holy Spirit then will have the legal right to go to work in your life just like he had the legal right to save you when you initially placed your faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary he had the legal right <coughs> to save you, to immerse you into the death of Jesus, Romans 6, 3, and to begin a work in you, a perfect work, hallelujah. And, but the moment we start trusting in books or fads or schemes that men bring into the church, such as the purpose-driven, the government of 12, the words you speak, anything even that we make up, if I'll just walk around the house three times in a row and declare something that I'll be free from sin, no, no you won't. Why? Because that's what you're doing. And our faith can only be in what Jesus did, not what we do. When you learn that, my friend, you've stepped into a place of victory. You, when, when you surrender to that truth, that means you'll go burn almost all the books on your bookshelf. You'll get rid of all the things that you've listened to for years. You won't put it in a garage sale and pass death on to somebody else. You'll have a bonfire. When you accept this, when you surrender to this, when you subject yourself to this truth that your faith can never be in anything other than Christ and Him crucified, then the Holy Spirit can illuminate God's word to you and then it can become a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Then you can begin to experience that victory that Christ provided you at Calvary and sin will no longer dominate you. I didn't say it won't ever slap you across the head. I didn't say you won't ever be tempted. I didn't say that the flesh won't try to rule, but I will tell you what God has said, that because we're under grace, meaning faith in the cross, and not under law, sin shall not dominate your life. Romans 6.14, write it down, highlight it, and praise God. And again, if you've missed any of the teaching on Romans, go back. Not because I'm teaching it, I'm just declaring what God's Word says to us. That's all we ministers can do. I can't impart anything to you. I can't really teach you something as far as teaching and impartation goes. I can tell you what God has said, and God through me uh, and this teaching gift and the truth of Christ and Him crucified and your faith can impart to you what you need. So praise God. Let's look at this verse 11 today. And if you look at the word if, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, 
And that really, and we hear it taught and we've taught it, but since the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and the word since is really not in the definition when you look it up, but it's okay to use it because what is in the definition is the word for as much. So you can see, but for as much then that the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he does if you're born again. The Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives within us. We've been given the earnest of the Spirit. We've been given the stamp and the indwelling presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, that's good news. We're not alone even when we feel like we're alone. Thank God we don't live by feelings. We live by faith, and faith comes by knowing and believing what God has said, and he said that he'll never leave us or forsake us. How, how does that happen? Because when we're born again through faith in the shed blood of Jesus for our sin, for the atonement, forgiveness of our sin, the Holy Spirit moves in and goes to work. Praise God. And this context in which we're reading this is talking about living now, not some resurrection coming when we won't have to be worried about being a debtor to the flesh or living after the Spirit. It will, listen, it will in that day just be the way it is. But today, there's a constant striving, Galatians 5, 17, between the flesh and spirit. There's a constant need for you to fight the good fight of faith, to run the race, to contend for the faith. And the New Testament is full of experiential things that you and I are called to experience, even though our position is settled just as the word of God is forever settled, our position is settled in Christ at the right hand of the Father. But our experience here makes a massive difference. And listen, he who's faithful with a little will be made ruler over much. And you're going to be and I'm going to be at the judgment seat of Christ if you're a born again child of God, judged for what we did in this body, good and bad. What we did with this glorious salvation that we've been offered. Did we just nonchalantly just say, oh yeah, I'm saved and yeah, you know, God, God He's going to do what he does, you know. If God wants to do anything, he'll do it. No, because that doesn't work that way. God always gets involved, but for him to get involved, he has to open your eyes to the gospel. The gospel. I said the message of the cross, the truth of Christ and him crucified. And the only people, listen to me, and I know you that watch, follow me, you know this. The only people who are ever going to come out of their deceitful, deceptive ways and all the things they're trusting and come back to the way of the cross and only listen to the message of the cross are the people who are broken and looking for salvation, the salvation experience today in their lives. Not the mindset of, yeah, I'm saved and one day I'll get it and I'll be it. No, I'm talking about those who are broken right now. They're looking for the avenue through which to be pleasing to God, to serve him in righteousness and holiness. They're looking for the way, and they're, and they're not comfortable where they are. They're not satisfied. They, they know that something's wrong, and for many, many years, they just couldn't put their finger on it, but they know something's just not right. Listen, when we came back to, the, to faith and grace, back to faith in the cross alone, 
All those areas that we were unsure of, uncomfortable with, that we knew just weren't right, but we couldn't put our finger on exactly what was wrong about it, now we know. Now the finger of God has touched that, revealed to us not only what is wrong, but why it's wrong. And he does that through presenting to us what is right. Hallelujah. And that is faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Faith in anything outside of that is not true faith. God will honor it all anyway. So the context he's talking about here of the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead quickening, bringing to life your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. He's talking about right now. I'm not talking about Sunday when you make it to church, Wednesday night when you make it to church, Monday night when you make it to prayer meeting. I'm talking about right now, quickened in our mortal bodies, touched by the Holy Spirit, the very experiential uh, practice or, 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 or experience of living for God, with God, walking with God. Listen, and he proves it by the next verse that he's talking about right now, context of living for God, learning to walk by faith in the cross, learning to walk after the Spirit, that through which the Spirit of God will lead you in, which is only the truth he's able to get you to believe. And truth has a name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Think about that. There is no truth that's not tied to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. In John 8, 32, he said that. Romans 6 and 7 says, he that is dead is free from sin. So how do we rightly divide those two scriptures? The cross. Once you know the truth, who is Christ, and what Christ did at Calvary, there, your faith in him and what he did, his dying for your sins in the eyes of God. God sees not only his son dying for your sins, but his representation and identification with you so perfect that he sees you also being crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. Buried with him, raised up to newness of life with him to be able to walk after the Spirit now. Think about that. We're talking about a right now faith. The Bible says now faith is. Romans 11, what now faith is. And our God is a right now God. If you're waiting on God one day to show up and move, no, he's waiting on you to understand the truth. The truth is Christ and him crucified. He died for you, you died with him. And when you died with him, you were free from sin. You say, well, I don't feel like I'm free from sin. I got sin in my life. You did, have you been born again? To be born again means you got to die, and you died through your faith in Christ's death for you, and that means in the eyes of God, the way God sees it, you died with Christ. That means you're free from sin. Now you just have to learn to fight the good fight of faith, which means keep your faith in what Christ did for you at Calvary and learn to walk free from that sin nature, that flesh. It only will take place through faith in what Christ did to overcome. And it won't ever take place in what you're doing to try to overcome. That's why AA and Celebrate Recovery and the methods they teach you to be free, you'll never be free. It's never God making you free. Let me say this. It's never God making you free unless you're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And, that, and that's not happening unless your faith is in the blood of the Lamb. 
And what the manifestation and the testimony will also be that of the blood of the Lamb. There is no overcoming anything outside the blood of the Lamb. Through the blood of the Lamb we overcome and by the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we see that this is talking about right now. This ain't talking about something come one day because when the, resurre the resurrection takes place one day in new body and all that, the rapture, the new body where we're like Christ, you're not going to have to sit down and take lessons on what it means to walk after the Spirit. You're not going to have to be told anymore ever again, Don't you're not a debtor to walk after the flesh. Watch this verse 12. Therefore, Let's read this again so we can flow into verse 12, and that's the way you always need to do that. But because the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus up from the dead does dwell in you if you're born again, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal, see, mortal bodies, by His Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors right now. We are debtors not to the flesh. We don't owe the flesh anything. Jesus crucified the flesh. <laughs> Galatians 5.24, read it, hallelujah. And when you believe it, the devil, will, you will then learn how to start resisting the devil. You're not, listen, I come out of church, man, that we thought screaming at the devil, telling the devil he can't have our marriage, he can't have our kids. The devil is stealing marriages left and right as well as our children left and right while we're telling him he can't have them because he can have them. But when we place our faith, when we let all that garbage and all those golden cash of what we've built, what we do go, we, we get rid of all that, we clean house by simply coming back to the cross, faith in the cross of Christ alone, the devil then is being resisted. Then our children are being trained up in the way they should go, that they won't depart from it. Hallelujah. Then the Holy Spirit can empower us, quicken our very mortal bodies, but not unless our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. That wasn't a one-time deal, and that's just whatever you want to believe and trust in. When you move your faith from the cross, you fall from grace. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, write it down. Galatians 1 and 6 says, The Holy Spirit through Paul, I marvel that you've so soon removed yourself from the one who's called you. Think about that. All we've ever heard as the church for decades is that he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, and he won't. But you need, you need to start reading your Bible and you need to understand that you can leave him, you can forsake him, you can fall from grace. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Write it down. Go read it. You can walk in a place as a child of God where Christ no longer profits you, no longer affects you the way he died and rose from the dead to be able to mediate the blessings to you. You need to read those things. We, for decades, let me say it again, have just sat there, and when we've uh, just had <coughs> sinful issues in our life, 
and we fall and, and, and we say, well, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And that's exactly right. That's a truth and that's encouraging. But you better wake up today, my friend, when you move your faith from the simple, exclusive avenue of Christ and him crucified, you have removed yourself from him. Because to fall from grace is to fall from the place God works for. That's what grace is. God at work teaching. God at work saving. God at work filling. God at work healing. Listen, God's grace is God functioning in someone's life, doing that which we can't do, we can't pay for, we can't earn, and we sure don't deserve. All he's looking for is faith in that sacrifice of his son, and boom, he moves in and boom, he goes to work and it'll be a continual flow of the Holy Spirit, a continual flow of his a continual flow of his working in you until the day of Christ or until the day you stop trusting in that sacrifice of Christ in that alone. For there, when we move away from that, we fall from the place God works. You need to remember that. Therefore, brethren, verse 12, Romans 8, we're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. Why? Verse 13, because if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, here it comes, one of these phrases, through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Where were the deeds of the body put to death? Where, where did that happen? Because that's what mortify means, put to death. If you... Because if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Christian, hear me Christian, you shall die. That sometimes could mean physical death because Paul taught, to, taught the Corinthian church that if you're partaking of communion in an ungodly, unworthy manner, which is to not discern the Lord's body and really what the cross means, that many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely. To not discern the sacrifice of Christ, the body of Christ and what he there did and the place he's functioning now in the earth today in his body, in the lives of those who have faith in the cross. Listen, that's to eat and drink unworthily. That's to be outside the place that grace can function in your life again. Most of the church thinks that grace is just some mystical, magical something, working of the Holy Spirit. They're not being taught the narrowness of the way. And a lot of preachers don't even like the narrowness of the way. Well, God's merciful only to those who come to him through faith in the sacrifice. God's not being merciful to a dead and dying lost world. He's being long-suffering. He's being patient. He's waiting on all of them because it's not his will that any should perish. But the only place mercy is experienced is through faith in the shed blood of Jesus. That's it. He's waiting on them to see his goodness through what he did in his son at Calvary. And when they see that goodness, they come to repentance. Hallelujah. And God saves them and begins a work in them. So, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. He's talking to a born-again, spirit-filled church. In Rome, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. And really, the main focus here is you'll fall from grace. 
Remember the church in Sardis. I talk about it all the time because it's been just an overwhelming light from the scriptures into my heart. Paul, not Paul, but the Holy Spirit through John told the church in Sardis. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking through John to write a letter to the church. Saved, born again, blood-bought, spirit-filled church in Sardis. You've got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. A Christian considered by Jesus dead again? Yes. Paul said the same thing concerning himself in Romans chapter 7, verse 9. When he was born again, when he accepted Christ as the Lord, and you know the story. He says in Romans 7, verse 9, I was alive once without the law. That means when he accepted Christ, he wasn't born again, he wasn't saved by the law, the law can't do it. So he was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came to his heart again, he began to try to live according to the commandment again. The Bible says there in Romans 7, 9, the sin nature revived and I, what? I died. Paul didn't fall physically dead, but he stepped into a non-fruit-bearing Place. He stepped into a place where grace couldn't function anymore. He died. Think about that, my friends. Christians, most Christians today are walking dead. Men and women and boys and girls, they're alive in Christ. They're hidden in God at the right hand of the Father. They're born again, but they're walking in a place of non-fruit bearing. Non-fruit bearing. Look at what he says. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. Christians can die. Christians can be dead. Paul admitted it. Jesus told the church in Sardis. Right? About but, hallelujah, thank God for the buts in the Bible. But if you through the Spirit do put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Through the Spirit. Remember, the Spirit of God works according to a law. Hebrews 7 tells us that because the priesthood changed, the law. There was a necessity that the law had to change too. God's always dealt with humanity based on the law. First one was, Adam, you're free to eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely, here it comes again, die. That's law, my friend. God's word in its totality is commandments. It's not options for you to decide what you'll do or not do. Jesus said, my friends are those who do what I command them to do. See that? The church has turned God's word into options. Oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll pick it. You know, that's not the way it works. Through the Spirit, Romans 8 and 2, let's just scroll back up uh, to Romans 8 and 2 and read this. For the law of the Spirit, the legal right the Spirit has to work in your life. The legal avenue, law, speaks of legality. For the law of the Spirit of life, here it comes, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Only in Christ Jesus can we experience freedom from the law of sin and death. Whether we're talking about initial, initially being born again, when we heard the gospel, the Spirit of God was sharing with us. We believed it. We were made free from the law of sin and death based on our faith and the work of Christ at Calvary. Hallelujah. 
And if you and I as Christians can become dead again, and I just shared with you how we can, says the word of the Lord, then it takes the Spirit of God to quicken us, to, to be able for us to mortify the deeds of the body. And the, de the, to, the deeds of the body, the deeds of the flesh, were put to death only in one place, at the cross. So for us to be able to put to death the deeds of the flesh to, so that we can walk after the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, He only leads us in one avenue based on the law of the Spirit in Christ. We were immersed into Christ only when we trusted in the work that he did on the cross. And Colossians 2, 6 tells us, As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in him. In him. Our, if our walk is not in Christ, and hear me, it's not if our faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ. If we've added to that in these programs and schemes of men, which are nothing in the eyes of God but golden calves, I don't care how they make you feel or how spiritual they might make you look, if it's faith in anything other than the cross, we've fallen from grace, even though we may pr be preaching grace and talking about grace. We're, we don't have grace working in our lives when our faith, when we're trusting in anything other than the work Christ did, and hear me, finished for us. Hallelujah. It's been a great teaching this morning. I encourage you to share these teachings. Help get the word out where people can go and hear these teachings uh, on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Much is there as well. Much is on the Spreaker app. You can get on your smartphone, type my name in, and, and avail yourself to 330 some odd messages that are there for you. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.